and welcome to yet another anime podcast. Just who the hell do I think I am? I'm Ninja Boy, and I'm yet another anime podcast host. So I'm still recovering from last episode I did with my massive isekai list. I'm mostly caught up with my seasonal anime. Uh, That being said, I haven't had time to do research into any one other vertical I normally would on the show, um, either a series I haven't seen yet or diving into the filmography of a specific director or studio. Um, I think I'll likely do a director episode next episode, not sure uh, who at the moment. Um, That all being said, though, in the meantime for this week, I figured I'd take it a little bit easier and do a different sort of episode. Uh, Instead of talking about anime directly, we'll talk about those who talk about anime, uh, not myself, but other anime content creators. Now, as anyone who's my age, nearly 30, uh, who's been watching anime and reading manga for as long as I have, nearly 15 years of manga and 10 years of semi-consistently watching anime, uh, and anyone who's had pretty consistent access to YouTube over that time, I think the the first thing I think of when it comes to anime content creators are, of course, Anitubers or anime YouTubers. Uh, early on, they were predominantly animes, so reviewers, uh, people who presumably had seen a lot of anime and had the critical skills and perspective to be able to write about what's good in a show, what's not good in a show, and, and end up with some recommendation at the end of whether or not you should watch the show. Um, as the you know, this is to basically help newer anime fans when the scene wasn't quite as big uh, discover new anime out there that might otherwise be overlooked. Uh, as the content ecosystem and my own taste evolved, uh, for me, anime content has been less about finding people talking about shows that are good or not, because I can do that myself as someone with a critical thinking mind, and more so about A, learning things about anime I didn't otherwise know about previously, B, framing anime I've already have opinions on in a new light, uh, or C, simply being entertaining. It may not say anything new, but it's done in an enjoyable way where it gets me to laugh. Uh, in addition, you know, as anime has become more mainstream and more of Japanese culture has made its way over into the West, uh, anime content has started finding its way into other content creators' videos, uh, and a lot more anime-adjacent content has started crossing into my feeds, such as you know stuff about anime music content or content about generally weeby things like gotcha games or VTubers. Um, ironically enough, even though I do have an anime podcast, I actually don't listen to many, if any, anime-specific podcasts. I think there was one I might have listened to a couple of years back, though I don't I do not do anymore. It was a little bit too long. It was like two hours long for each episode. Um, that's partly the reason why I decided to start a podcast. Uh, I'm sure there are many out there. Um, I haven't come across one that speaks to what I'm looking for in a show. Uh, one of the dirty little secrets also is that once you start making your own content, you don't have as much time to consume the very content that might have inspired you. So for this episode, again, I want to highlight Anitubers, uh, whose work I still consume on a semi-regular basis, despite that. Uh, some clarifications as always. One, these are YouTubers whose primary content are about anime or anime-adjacent content, uh, at least in my eyes. Uh, some YouTubers I do enjoy may do generally geeky stuff or video game-specific stuff and occasionally put in an anime-specific video out there. Those won't be on this list uh, for the most part. Uh, similarly, I'm looking for anime-specific content as opposed to anime adjacent content uh, so no vtubers here uh, whether you think that's fortunate or unfortunate i'll leave up to you 
Uh, also, while there are a lot of good Anitubers who have a great backlog of stuff, I'm generally trying to find people who are still currently updating. If they haven't uploaded a video in the last few months or so, or at least in the last year, I won't include them here. Maybe I'll do an episode in the future on best inactive Anitubers and their backlogs that you should go through in a future episode. Um, and of course, this is not a comprehensive list of content creators out there. Um, but I, w uh, if you know of any, definitely let me know at the. I'll, I'll tell you where you can do that at the end of the show. Um, I'll be linking to all of the content creators here. However, on on uh, in the show notes, um, you know some of them are definitely way bigger than I am and don't need the help. But hey, I gotta give credit where credit is due. Anyway, without further ado, let's dive in. So while I said I don't listen to any anime podcasts, that's not strictly true. Uh, I do have one YouTube channel I do listen to that is a podcast, technically, but the visual component is you know often just as important to me for my enjoyment of the content. Uh, you probably know what it is. It's one of the biggest anime podcasts out there currently that's exploded in the last year, and it just hits different. That's right. It's trash taste. No, it's 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 very daunting, but it's really not that complicated because says the guy. You say that. <laughs> you, 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 you say that. You literally went on a ten-minute rant about how yeah, much of a fucking that. mess this is. This, what do you mean it's not that complicated? Look, you can enjoy Heaven's Feel if you've like watched Fate Zero and UBW. That's 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 the end all. You can enjoy a lot of things if you talk to yourself, John. Like, <laughs> you, know, you, you you know he's a veteran when he calls Unlimited Blaywist UBW. <laughs> So it's too long, UBW. You know what you're talking about. You know, he, you know what I mean, he, right? It comes up so much in his daily vocabulary yeah. that he has to shorten your like, limited blade works yeah, to UBW. UBW. <laughs> Fellow fate fans, I tried. So Trash Taste is made up of three Anitubers, Giguk, the Anime Man, and Sea Dog VA, aka Garnt, Joey, and Connor. Uh and you know this kind of does skirt the line of needing to be about anime specifically. Uh, yes, Garnt is one of the OG anime YouTubers of over 12 years of experience, starting off with his anime reviews. Think about how you personally got into anime. I'm not talking about when you first watched Dragon Ball or Pokemon on TV, but when you first got fully immersed and involved in the community. And I'm guessing if you got into anime before the 2010s, a large portion of you would have fan subs to thank for that. And Joey is literally called the Anime Man, though he started off seven years ago with various Let's Plays before shifting to more anime-specific content. How's it going everyone? This is the Anime Man. And that's right, your boy is back. Judgy Joey is back to judge your just absolutely horrible taste in anime. <laughs> and Connor started off six years ago with primarily voice acting specific videos, often imitating anime voice actors, uh, before doing more Japanese related content lately. As somebody who enjoys many aspects of Japanese culture, one aspect I've never been able to get myself into is visual K. Uh, honestly, about three quarters of the time, uh, if that, uh, they're probably talking about something not related to anime on there. So it's just three chums who are chatting for two hours about whatever's on their mind and the various opinions and trash taste and things. Um, you know, the dynamic's pretty flexible with Garn and Zoe being the more experienced and generate weebs. The Connor's not quite as down the rabbit hole self. Uh, Garn and Con Connor also come from uh, the UK, occasionally providing a little bit of a cultural difference to Joey's Australian and, uh, and Japanese roots. But don't get them started on food though, uh, or whatever kind of hentai they like. There's just going to be so much fighting going on in there. It's just one of those podcasts that you listen to more so about the individuals and their chemistry with each other and the inside jokes that develop over time than perhaps you know the actual information that they're putting out there. Though they do have some episodes where they do interview people within the industry. Uh, for context, all three of them were signed by Book 
light novel publisher Bookwalker to live in Japan to create content as sponsored content creators. So they, along with Garnt and Joey's fiancés Sydney and Aki Dearest, uh, now live in Japan with this weekly show. Um, a lot of their content honestly is about their life in Japan now that they're living in Japan uh, since moving there. You know, like I said, they'll occasionally have guests on, including one particularly memorable interviewer with YouTuber Mori Calliope. Uh, but they also have special episodes where they go on some adventure in Japan and do something crazy like drift racing. Uh, to be honest, like I said, I actually don't have the time or patience to sit through the full two-hour episodes each week. Um, but I do subscribe to their highlights channel that picks out the five to fifteen minutes seg- best five to fifteen minute segments of each episode, which is a lot more digestible, and releases them periodically throughout the week before the next episode drops. Uh, since I'm speaking about them, I will say on an individual basis, I definitely have the most experience with Gigguk channel, aka the Anime Zone. Uh, while in the last year or so, he hasn't been quite as invested in watching anime specifically, opting to spend more of his time watching VTubers or playing gacha games, he still has a great analytical mind about what makes different shows work. Um, just having seen the anime community for you know a, a decade plus, or over a dozen years at this point. Uh, some episodes go into one show or genre in particular, and the significance for the quote-unquote anime scene, and the others go into the experience of being an anime fan. He's probably most well-known for his year in anime and seasonal anime in the Nutsal videos, where the quickly edited videos with snappy writing and delivery poke fun at the best and worst of each season, uh, while often trying to highlight some hidden gems of the season, or, you know, always going back to Domestic Girlfriend. Um... I actually discovered Connor and Joey's channel through Gigax's collaboration with them at the start of the Trash Days podcast, when they went shopping in Akihabara. While I haven't dug as deeply into their backlogs for Joey, I do appreciate his roast videos, such as where he roasts viewers my anime list for their tastes, and his tearless videos, which he often collabs with other YouTubers, and his What Will I Be Watching videos that goes to look at the shows in the coming seasons uh, t- tailored to his taste. Uh, for Connor's videos, I again haven't dug into his backlog much, but his collaborations with other non-fast taste YouTubers, especially Emmy True and Didas, are pretty funny for their personalities, uh, and his join a random weird Japanese Japanese profession videos, such as going to a butler cafe or a cross-dressing maid cafe and working there, uh, are pretty great too, if not exactly anime-specific. So one of the things that fascinates me most about anime is the actual process of how something gets made. Uh, How does something that started off as an idea in somebody's head or perhaps started off as a manga end up in to be one of the more moving stories we see on our screens? Literally moving emotionally, but also uh, moving literally as pictures. Uh, There's an artistry to anime and no anituber I think encapsulates this best than better than the Kanapa effect. Just over two years ago, anime fans were overcome by something they'd never considered possible. A 3D anime that seemed to capture everything appealing about 2D works. We voted it as Best Animation and Cinematography in the Reddit Anime Awards, Best 3D in the Crunchyroll Awards, Best Animation in CG World Magazine, and then we spent the next two years begging for a sequel. We didn't get that, but Orange is back anyways with Beastars, yet another 3D adaptation of a stylish manga that on the surface seemed impossible to adapt. Hello and welcome to the Canopy Effect, this is a studio spotlight on the team behind Beastars. Uh, I swear that Callum, the mind behind the channel, is probably the person I reference most on this podcast more than anyone else. And for good reason. He may have started off doing anime reviews seven years ago, as with most people. Uh, but in the couple of years in, he started doing videos that focused more on the individuals and the studios behind anime. The studios, the directors, animators 
composers, making the technological and process innovations necessary to elevate the medium. He's not afraid to highlight also the pitfalls of the industry, uh, namely overworking of, of animators and the underpaid nature of the industry, uh, to bring awareness to these conditions so as to raise support for the individual animators and make us aware of the human cost of these anime. Uh, his videos are a direct inspiration for why I do episodes looking at different studios and directors with my own personal twist on it. Uh, where Giguk may speak on what it means to be an anime fan in, within a larger anime community, the Canopy Effect speaks to what it means to appreciate anime on a technical, compositional level. It's the same way that you know during the Oscars, we appreciate best screenwriting, best uh, best direction, best uh, editing, uh, best you know best score. All of these different components. Uh, are worked on by somebody and we want to acknowledge and praise those efforts and Canada Perfect kind of does that for all of his videos. Um, you know, it's one thing to appreciate the story and narrative of so, but understanding the thousands of man hours that go into crafting the physical spectacle for our eyes and ears I, makes me love this medium so much more. And now when something stands on and catches my eye, I now take notice instead of letting it pass by and try to figure out who is it that made this thing that I love so much. I can now better appreciate anime thanks to the Canapa effect. Now, as I've been podcasting for about a year or so, one thing I found myself coming back to is the idea of, of storytelling as a primal human experience, uh, dating back to when we were monkey-brained apes sitting around the campfire, creating worlds with our words to pass time and trying to find meaning in our existence, uh, to speak to the human condition in some way or form. And the best of media today still does that, anime being no exception. It is, after all, a storytelling medium that holds a mirror up to our own humanity, no matter how surreal or supernatural the settings are. I think sometimes we forget that in the rat race of seasonal anime, but one anime who does not is Super iPad's World. What brought me to this series was its unique look, its exciting battles, and its endearing characters. But what keeps me coming back is the deeply human components to the challenges these characters face. These stories of obsession, stories of disillusionment, and ultimately, stories of how friendship and hope can overcome both those things. These will always be stories worth telling. Which is why the series has never lost relevance. Why it's still great. And why you should watch Yu Yu Hakusho. Based out of Ireland, Super iPad's Wolf, aka John, uh, crafts these video essays that examine why you should watch a particular anime, drilling deep into the elements to take into that particular element, uh, the takeaways from the story that answer the titular question why you should watch it, and always hearkening back to whatever it is that makes us so special outside of just the technical elements. Now, he does have a number of other videos about non-anime topics and also uh, videos that dig into the artistry. You know, uh, what comes to mind is the one about Toriyama's genius when it comes to composition within manga. Um, but again, he also dives into, you know, uh, some non-anime topics, in particular his love for professional wrestling. But his videos in and of themselves are storytelling narratives that hook you in. Why does this one specific subculture online, such as the Simpsons fandom, Undertale, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, or whatever, matter to those who care about that franchise? He answers that question in a way that makes you, the viewer who likely has no relation to that subculture at all, care just as much as someone who's been in it for years. That reminder of the spark in media to make humans find that so attractive and resonate with it is why you should watch Super iPad Wolf, if you allow me to get a little bit meta. 
On top of these videos though, I also appreciate his analysis videos, particularly on the state of Southern Jump that craft a meta-narrative around the future of the magazine. And I also got to shout out his My Favorite Things of Season uh, Year videos, of, so, you know, Favorite Things of Winter 2020, uh, where he recaps what he found enjoyable each quarter uh, in a variety of media, be it games, video, animes, other online shenanigans or whatnot. Uh, while I may not always dig what he digs for the same reasons he digs it, uh, I think the best critics and content reviewers have a strong perspective that helps me triangulate and discover things I might not otherwise have. And he always makes sure not to let us you know, know that he likes something, but why it appeals to him on an emotional core and why it speaks to the humanity within us all. An Anituber who does something similar to Super iPad's Wolf is Joe, aka Beyond Ghibli. Uh, his channel, as the title suggests, seeks to highlight anime from Japan beyond that of the ubiquitous studio Ghibli. And while he doesn't explicitly say so, he tends to shy away from seasonal anime as they air and focus on more of the classic pieces that would be considered that would be considered more artsy. It's long been part of my December tradition to lose myself in seasonal specials and Christmas cinema. Christmas is a loving, honest and charitable time. It's the crazy notion that the longest, coldest, darkest nights can be the warmest and brightest. It's oh, kindness friend. and joy and love and all the other intangible. Yippee-ki-yay, mother... And the star atop that decadent routine has long been Tokyo Godfathers. It might seem strange. A movie from a country whose notion of Christmas is so different from our own, taking the number one spot. Indeed. It wastes little time on presents, or carols, or familiar western festivity. Instead, in its focus on togetherness and kindness, in spite of how lonely and cruel the world can be, Tokyo Godfathers understands Christmas in a way I see few festive productions do. It looks past the tinsel and the lights and the commercialism of such a season, and puts family in all its guises above everything else. So while Super iPad's Wolf may start frantically speeding up as he talks, veering into the edge of insanity at the rabbit hole he has peered into during his research, or speak longingly, nostalgically for his childhood wonder at this, as he thinks about his favorite shows and what they could have been or what they mean to him or how they impacted him, injecting his own personal emotions deep into it, in contrast, Beyond Ghibli's ever-soothing voice matches the reflective tone his videos take. Measured, steady, you can tell, tell he clearly loves and appreciates the anime he talks about, but he doesn't want us to think the same way he does. Not to say his videos aren't personal, they most certainly are. While he still finds it common humanistic themes of each anime, his tone takes on that of a more academic, uh, a professor sharing an indisputable truth, as opposed to your mate gussing over their new favorite show. Uh, but rather than demanding acquiescence to his perspective, rather, he's telling us just one of many possible interpretations of the show and movie he highlights, inviting us to come back after watching it ourselves with our own analysis and reading between the lines. The allure to discover just what those shows have to offer, that the present uh, to offer, um, you know, keeps me coming back again and again. Now, while Beyond Ghibli is a newer channel at about three years old, the next Anituber is one who's been at it for almost a decade, almost as long as Giguk. And in fact, they actually had a, pod a podcast together uh, called Pot Potaku. That's right, it's uh, Glass Reflection. While other shows, other narratives are great entertainment, things that I would recommend to pass the time or enjoy for a variety of reasons, Vinland Saga is more than just great entertainment. It is a beacon of great storytelling wrapped in an adaptation that raises the bar 
for what adaptations can do with their material. Vinland Saga is a seriously great series. If you haven't watched it yet, you absolutely should. So surprise, surprise, what do you think I'm gonna be recommending as far as this show goes? Try to guess. Can you do it? Can you? Can you? Certified Frosty, a freaking course is Certified Frosty. A rating for only the best of the best for those shows too important to ignore. For freaking prologue. My God. Master Faxon, aka Arcada, aka Tristan, is a Canadian anti-tuber who's one of the few remaining anime reviewers out there who's still stuck stuck with that format. Uh, while many anime YouTubers started off, you know, doing reviews or saying what whether you should watch it or not, um, they ended up shifting to video essays most of the time. Which he doesn't really do straight up video essays. Uh, if anything, you know, his non-review videos tend to be uh, a little bit more on the, um, you know, just hear my thoughts on the topic, um, but not in quite a structured, pre-written way. Uh, he does have a, quite a bit of unique scale that, that eschews numbers uh, when reviewing anime, but it goes from skip it to stream it to buy it to certified frosty, which is his catchphrase. Um, he previously used a numerical score that aggregated component factors such as a score for animation, a score for story, a score for characterization, and for direction but he's since discarded that method which i think is to his benefit i think the it's frankly a little bit genius to, to basically judge you know is this so good enough for me to stream or should i buy it for my collection or is it you know best of the best um you know, I will say that since I've become, again, more knowledgeable about what I do and don't like uh, in my own taste in anime, um, I've come to rely on his reviews less and less over time. But still, I got to respect him from doing this thing for this long. He knows what to look for and so and how to express uh, what he does and does not like about us so eloquently and clearly. Uh, he also does other series aside from reviews, such as looking at what excites him for the upcoming seasons, as well as his first impressions on select shows from what's seasonally airing. Um, I'd say as far as providing concise, mostly sports or if we reviews of anime, he's pretty much the gold standard. Uh, going back to a new channel, coming up on just two years, we have Bonsai Pop. Aesthetic, aesthetic, aesthetic. The first time I threw on City Hunter, I was immediately enveloped by late 80s neon vaporwave and city pop, and I just fell in love. Oddly enough, for being one of the more successful Shonen Jump comics, especially during its time, City Hunter never really got much love out west. And when I say west, I mean the US. In fact, this is not a show I grew up with in any way. I actually found out about it through the game Jump Force by Bandai when Ryu Saiba became one of my mains. Out of all the characters, he stood out with his normalcy, to be honest. Just a guy with a gun and some really goofy moves. I instantly wanted to know what his deal was and why he was hanging out with the likes of Yusuke Urameshi and Seiya, so I picked up the manga and ordered the anime in a box set because it wasn't streaming anywhere at the time. Thankfully, it's streaming on Crunchyroll now because I'm pretty sure this box set is a Chinese bootleg. It's terrible. But it was enough for me at the time. At least enough for me to realize that City Hunter was something I was deeply missing in my life. This is the story of Ryu Saiba, a sweeper in the neon 80s Tokyo bent on defending and... Uh, also kind of preying on innocent women in need of protection. This is City Hunter. Let's get into it. Mike and Tyler make a bonsai pop, and while many other anti-tubers feel as if they try to lean into what weeb culture is, um, and or maybe they take or they they go the complete opposite direction and are more 
academically minded when it comes to re- reviewing anime. Uh, these dudes are just loud and proud in your face in a good way over their punk origins and how it's impacted their appreciation for anime and what they personally take away from it. As someone who grew up decidedly not punk, it's a refreshing take actually uh, that lets me appreciate what anime can mean for many different people. Uh, so far, many other anime-tubers try to find the common common humanity that speaks to that different souls have that should, you know, speak universally to everyone. Bonsai Pop doesn't make any pretensions that they try to speak for all of humanity, just their own lives and their own lived experiences and how the specific their specific what their specific takeaways from anime are that may be a little bit different from the norm. Uh, each video generally digs into a single series and their own relationship with that series, rawly so. Respect. Uh, the shows they feature aren't necessarily the most popular or what's currently airing. It's all shows that they personally love and appreciate first and foremost, and a passion to be unapologetically themselves is something I can't overlook, and I just gotta give them a shout out. Uh, so when this episode comes out, we should be heading into the anime awards and Crunchyroll Anime Awards and the an- Reddit Anime Subreddit Our Anime Awards this weekend. Uh, honestly, though, it's going to be a tough act to follow this after the AniTubers this AniTubers end of year solo awards under the scope. The nominees for Anime of the Winter Season are Keep Your Hands Off Azoken, Science Saru. Fate Grand Order Absolute Demonic Front Babylonia, Cloverworks. Smile Down the Runway, Ezola. If my favorite pop idol made it to the Budokan, I would die, 8-Bit. My Hero Academia Season 4, Bones. And the first Investigator Saber goes to... Keep your hands off Azoken, Science Saru. Following three girls' quests to make their own anime, Azoken is a testament to the passion and creative expression that goes into it. The charming, eccentric cast form a Three Stooges-esque comedic trio as their personalities slot into fitting roles on the team. Under the Scope, aka Jack, is an anatuber who does the usual mix of video essays and his earlier videos from five years ago being mostly reviews and seasonal recommendations. Uh, where he really signs, though, are his nearly hour-long annual videos giving his own awards in a number of categories uh, and each season having an anime of the season culminating in an anime, the, the coveted Golden Saber for Anime of the Year. While, again, I don't always agree with his takes or opinions, I can't help but admire his work and the logic he puts behind uh, and rationale for giving his awards to whoever receives them um, that I can't really argue with them, right? Uh, It's no small reason that I I modeled my own, yet another anime award show, after his award show model, at least in the seasonal element. Uh, So shout out to you uh, under the the scope. Uh, Keep doing what you're doing. Can't wait uh, to see what this year in anime has for you to, to bring us. Uh, one of the first YouTube channels I remember watching really that really impacted me was PBS Idea Channel. There, host Mike Magnetta would dig into pop culture questions such as have brands become mythology or is Magic the Gathering like jazz? All of these videos would start with here's an idea uh, before digging into the philosophy, science, and sociology to better unpack that unique perspective on the world. 
the reason I bring it up is that the reason I discovered this next Anituber uh, is off of his video, Avatar The Last Airbender is an anime, F you, fight me, uh, a little bit more explicit than that, um, that began in a similar way, here's an idea. Here's an idea. Avatar The Last Airbender is an anime. Fuck you. Fight me. Jeff Thu from Mother's Basement uh, may have gotten me to check out his channel with that video three years ago, but he actually has been making videos for about two years before that, with most of his more successful videos early on being his classic What in an OP series, where he performs the same kind of literary analysis you'd conduct on a piece of literature back in English class or maybe in film school, breaking down some popular opening songs sought by sought to underlie and reveal the deeper meaning within, uh, drawing from, you know, basically gen general film theory and, you know, also tying into what potential spoilers they may be uh, from the source material. Otherwise, I would just appreciate these outfits. Ooh, pretty colors. Uh, from there, he expands to he expanded to what's in the scene, what's in the season, what's in the fight, and more. Uh, from there, he then shifted his model to do a little bit more general video essays and the useful seasonal recommendations, as well as some hammy in a good way PSAs poking fun at anime tropes. Uh, his most recent videos I've been enjoying are those that look at a broad swath of multiple shows that all have a commonality and theme to them and digs into what that theme is. Uh, for example, he has some videos about fashion in Sonen anime or anime that would make for an ideal Saturday morning anime lineup. Um, I can't say that every video of his hits for me, um, particularly the individual show reviews as you know, those I feel a little bit more geared towards someone uh, toward talking up a particular show to somebody who hasn't seen it before, um, which usually isn't the case with me at this point. Um, you know, but I do miss, and I do his more, miss his more frequent what's in an OP series. But, you know, there's something about his relatively deadpan delivery and corny jokes combined with his clear knowledge on the, uh, on the medium that, you know, hits the spot uh, when it does hit. Uh, Get in the Robot was a YouTube channel based here in New York City that had a brand of infotainment video essays about anime that were pretty great. Uh, unfortunately, they had to shut down about half a year ago for reasons still not completely clear to me. Uh, but at this, but this, a few months later, the same team behind that channel has moved to a new channel called, called Beyond the Bot. There are a lot of reboots happening all at once. Shaman King, Higurashi, Beyond the Bot. So what makes them good? What makes them bad? What makes them just the right amount of gay? Or not gay enough? What makes me want to cuddle with them on a warm night? And what makes me want to throw sorceress stabber orphan off a cliff? Uh, while this new incarnation of the channel is only 12 videos deep, uh, you can tell the team behind this know what they're doing. I think the thing about the videos that get me the most is their perspective on how Anime means different things to different communities. Uh, see their videos on why anime is for black people, why gay people love Pokemon, or what clamp means and is why it's special to a lot of people. Their diverse team behind the scenes really sows in these well-written and researched video essays that help recontextualize anime in a new light. Kind of like what Bonsai Pop does uh, with their personal lived experience, but bringing a little bit more societal context that's been a little bit more researched. Again, it's a relatively small back catalog of videos to go through unless you check out the Get In The Robot channel, but I definitely look forward to whatever else this team puts out in the future. Uh, speaking of academics, perhaps the most erudite attitude out there is pause and select. I want to talk a bit about the erased manga, particularly in terms of how a structural perspective on its panels can reveal some really clever aesthetic construction. 
because I do think that Sanbei is actually very good at utilizing a form to tell a story. Generally, when we look at manga, there's two notable lenses. The first is a sort of semiological perspective, which is where you'll find a lot of lenses working on cultural and socio-historical analysis would look at them. I mean, if you're familiar with the work of Scott McCloud in Understanding Comics, he heavily favors a semiological perspective when he talks about the greed or when he talks about Japanese aspect-to-aspect panels. The second is a linguistics approach to manga, particularly in terms of manga and its elements as a grammar, and how that grammar is manipulated sheds light on what certain forms might say. For this, you'll probably find the works of Neil Kahn to be pretty notable. He talks about comics and manga as language, drawing upon Frederick Schott's work. At this point in my anime watching career, I'll often watch anime tubers to gain a new perspective on a show that I already watched, maybe frame in a more entertaining light or digging into one specific element um, to better appreciate that, uh, well, something I hadn't noticed before. With pause and select, though, I get a full-on college lecture on the context of this one specific show and tre- or trend in anime uh, with background from Japanese literature to sociology to history to more rigorous study of fan culture, citations all included. Uh, it's honestly a little bit much sometimes for me to unpack, and I often feel pretty dumb after watching these videos, but in a way that makes me appreciate and be thankful and realize that the rabbit hole of being an anime fan and studying this and what it all means uh, goes way deeper than I can I can do myself, and I'm just glad it exists out there, um, even if, again, if I don't fully comprehend it. Um, and you know, if I don't, even if I don't understand what positive success, I again appreciate that it's there. Uh, finally, I gotta shout out someone who doesn't have a full channel of their own, but has some of the best informative videos about anime on YouTube. When Tim most Liu people of think of the Evangelion timeline, I feel like they think of this. So we get the original Ava anime series, then the third impact happens, and then the world kind of repeats. And we get to the rebuild series with 1.0, 2.0, and 3.0. Zero. Even Hideaki Anno himself has said in an announcement about the Rebuild series that Ava is a story that repeats. But what if I was to tell you that this isn't it? What if I was to tell you that there's more than this? What if I was to tell you that I am... What if I was to tell you that I am... Going fourth impact in this bitch. Presenting to you the real timeline of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, every other Wednesday on the Crunchyroll channel, Tim dives into the history of a particular franchise or trend in anime over time. Uh, for example, he goes over the 37 divergent timelines of Evangelion or the many timelines of the Gundam franchise or how Catgirls or Isekai became a thing. As someone who tries to make sure that I have the historical context uh, to understand and appreciate a series, while also understanding like, hey, if I get in this massive franchise, what are all the necessary things to watch? What are those other spin-offs that maybe I can skip? Uh, I think Tim's videos are super invaluable. Um, you know, I, while COVID has made it so that Tim doesn't have his trusty whiteboard to draw the timelines on, uh, his dry streamer still signs through and makes these not as super dry uh, videos to check, but entertaining in their own right. 
Now, I wish I had time to feature more shows, but given I need time to give myself time to still record and edit this episode uh, and get it out on time, I think I'll stop writing the script here, but I will give you some honorable mentions. Uh, first, we have Alexander, A-L-E-C-Z-A-N-D-X-R. Uh, he does super in-depth character analyses and breakdowns uh, of anime characters with about half of his videos dealing with Hunter and Hunter's amazing cast. Uh, explanation point has been uploading a little bit less frequently as of late, but has had a couple of videos in recent months. Normally, I put video essays on in the background while I work to just listen to the audio as it goes on, unless there's a pure visual component, and that's the case here. Um, explanation point has clever editing comprising mostly of rapid fire still images on a black background that feature a lot of visual gags and wordplay, uh, which is perfectly, which is with his perfectly timed comedic delivery uh, and fast, you know, fast-paced talking, uh, makes this one video. Uh, that makes me want to stop what I'm doing to pay attention to the screen. Uh, Sage's Reign isn't strictly an anime channel, um, though most of his videos are about anime, but his videos dig into one specific element of a show. Maybe they're the characters, maybe they're the specific emotions from the show, or plot points from the theme. He hones in with laser focus on that one specific element and explores it in depth, uh, either in relation to the show itself or broader themes in general, and how it contributes to what makes that so great. Um, I would also say that this approach uh, is also what uh, Anituber Kato does, uh, the Kato has a little bit more of a broader view uh, with videos that cover more broad topics instead of the hyper-specific topics uh, that Sages Reign do. Uh, RDC World 1 are a bunch of brothers or brothers, friends, bros uh, who make anime comedy skits with all the, also other topics um, you know, they, they, they brand themselves as hood humor. Um, but, you know, frankly, they're just hilarious no matter where you come from. Uh, they may be a little bit low production value, but sometimes that just adds to the charm, especially with the amount of heart they put into it. Uh, sometimes they lampshade common anime tropes. Sometimes they poke fun at different opinions of anime fans across generations. But again, all in good fun. Uh, let's see. Toph, if you're a fan of Super Smash Bros. Melee, you probably know about the famed commentator Toph BBQ. Uh, while most of his channel is definitely about Super Smash Bros. Melee, I gotta give him a shout out for his near daily Twitch streams, in particular his weekly Weeb Wednesdays or Taku Thursdays, uh, where he reviews his subscribers' My Animalist accounts as either based or cringe. Um, you know, super. Great. I he. I mean, I'm obviously biased because I love Super Smash Brothers Melee, and that's how I discovered Toph. Um, but you know, I've greatly grown to appreciate his uh, his Wii perspective. Um, plus, you know, he's an anime music quiz god, so there's that. Uh, finally, we have Fetch Frost. Uh, this one again is actually not an anime YouTuber at all. But, you know, again, I've mentioned here I spend a good amount of time on the anime subreddit, uh, and some of the best content on there are from the charts that Fetch Frost creates. Uh, you can also check out his uh, subreddit, Fetch Charts. Um, they provide recommendations to users. Um, for example, he made one based on the seven uh, hell, like seven um, circles of hell of new and all the most common recommendations requests from there. Um, he does, you know, anime maps map anim like maps about anime that appear in different countries or take place in different countries. Um, when I made my own Isekai recommendation chart, I took a lot of inspiration and cues from what Fetz did uh, with his charts, um, which are super jam-packed but always readable and informative. Definitely check out his subreddit and his Fetz charts as you can. Whew. All right. Obviously, again, these aren't all the anime content creators out there, not even all the Anitubers that I watch or keep up with. However, in the future, I can hope I can shine a light on even more content for anime fans out there who love this medium so much that they just got to share it with the world. 
In the meantime, you can find all of the creators I mentioned here linked in the show notes or on Twitter in the thread of this episode. Uh, what are your favorite anime content creators, YouTube channels or podcasts or otherwise, especially podcasts? I'm really trying to find out where the good shows are. Anyone that I missed uh, here, anyone who definitely should be featured in the next episode I do like this, um, let me know. What do you think? Uh, on Twitter at YetAnimePod or on email at YetAnotherAnimePodcast at gmail.com. You can follow my, my anime list at NinjaBoy333, boy with an I. I'll link to that as well as our iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Store uh, are all in the show notes. If you can leave a review on one of those podcast services of choice or on podcasters.com or just tell a friend, it really helps us out. Uh, intro and outro music is provided by Suichi Sakagami at Tendas.com. Editing and production is provided by Ninja Boy Media. That's it for this episode. We air on the first and third Fridays of each month. Uh, next episode, uh, again, we're going to be doing a director's uh, episode. I don't know quite who yet, um, but until then, see you, Space Cowboy. <laughs>